We're changing mics up on you to make things even more difficult for this morning. Uh, sent Kareen a note uh, this past week that just said, I am so sorry for all of these pronunciations that you have to learn. Uh, we got some interesting names in here, but hopefully something that we could learn and, and walk away from here stronger and closer to our our good Jesus. My name is Zach Thompson. I am on staff here. Thank you for coming out to our lawn service. I know things are clunky. We we are less polished than we normally might be. There's more movement going on, and I love every bit of it. Uh, from the car alarms that go off, to the people who rev their engines, to the people who stare at us, to Mike speeding back, every bit of it I love because we are not creating something perfect. We are coming here as a community of people who are not perfect, but joined together by what unites us, worshiping our good Jesus, and this is such a wonderful time. So kids running around, getting distracted, all of that is wonderful. I don't plan on saying anything good anyways, so if you get distracted, it's going to make this a better time for all of us. Uh, We are wrapping up our series that we have been calling Unsung Heroes. We are people who look to follow Jesus, look to be people of faith. Well, what does that look like? Well, fortunately, we do not need to figure that out on our own. We have a whole book of examples of lives of faith for us. But there are more examples than we might realize. Some of these figures that we've looked at, maybe we've never heard of before or we heard of, but we don't get their significance. And so we've camped out on these unsung heroes, these examples of faith for us that helps show us what it looks like to follow after this Jesus. We just had a, a passage from 2 Timothy chapter 1 read for us, and that's where we're going to be. We will be in 2 Timothy today. And, and to give you a little bit of background on this, it's a letter that's written from Paul, who, who wrote most of the New Testament. He was uh, not, not an unsung hero. He's very much sung. Uh, in fact, he, he is uh, an example of many of us of what it looks like to follow after Jesus. But he writes this letter to a man, you could probably guess the name, uh, a man named Timothy. And it's, it's, uh, Timothy was his protege, his, uh, is someone that he poured a lot of time and energy into so that Timothy as well could go and, and teach others of who God is and what he has done. As you read through the, the book of 2 Timothy, it's, it's a book that's full of encouragement. There, there's, there's so much encouragement that's given to Timothy. It seems like he's had doubts or he's unsure of what to do. And Paul gives all of these examples uh, of, of f- continuing on, to press on, to be encouraged. This, this is especially significant since Paul has been so mistreated throughout this letter. He's writing this from prison. He's, he's uh, been abandoned by some of those who are closest to him. People have turned away from him. And so all the more Timothy needs this encouragement. How can he follow through? How can he press on when this one who has poured so much into him is is being treated this way? He needs this encouragement. But 2 Timothy is also a book that's full of relationships. Paul often talks about his relationship with Timothy and what that's like. He he talks about uh, Timothy's relationship with his family, especially his, his mother and his grandmother and the impact that they've had on his life talks about uh, our relationship with Jesus with, with uh, very relational terms. It, it's a book that's full of relationships. And I don't think it's an accident that we have those two things, encouragement and relationships. I, I think we need both in times that are so difficult. 
And 2 Timothy is a book that's full of difficulty. We, we talked about it. Paul is writing from prison. His faithfulness to Jesus got him thrown in jail. And people are now turning away from him, abandoning him. People that he was close to are now far off. Seems to be asking this question, well, how can we even trust this man? How can we know that God is working through him? How can we know that he is right if he has been treated this way, if he has been thrown in prison? And so we, we see this difficulty in his life. I'm going to switch over to this mic. We see this, this difficulty in his life, and it's leading people to ask questions of, is he right? Is what he's saying is true? And then in our passage that we read, we, we hear of two others, two people he was close to, Phygelum and Hermogenes. They, they turn their backs on Paul as well. It says, all in Asia, not the Asia that we might think of, but think of modern-day Turkey instead. All of Asia, where he's poured so much time and energy and efforts into this community, they have turned their backs on him. How heartbreaking is this? That this is a man who's been so mistreated, so hurt by others. We see 2 Timothy is full of difficulty. And the encouragement that the letter talks about, it, that makes sense. When we are going through hard times, we need to be encouraged, right? But we see as well that these relationships that Paul has, that Timothy has, that these become all the more important, the harder things become in our lives. That the people that are in our lives, the community that we have, the friendships that we have made, they help us to find hope and endurance in times of trouble. Paul is a man who has had lots of relationships, lots of people around him, those who have supported him, who have encouraged him, who have helped propped him up in times that are hard. As you read through uh, all that that Paul writes, we, we come across so many people that, that are around him, so many people who have helped support him. We read of Barnabas and Titus and Silas and Luke and Priscilla and Aquila and Lydia, and Epaphroditus, and, and John Mark, and, and, and the Church of Ephesus, all of the elders there. If you go to the end of the book of Romans, you get to chapter 16, there are no less than 30 names of people there that are important to the Apostle Paul. This is a man who has needed his friendships, needed his community in times of difficulty. And so my question for, for myself when I, when I hear of this is, do I have a list of people like that? Do I have a list of people like that? Now, it's a bit of a scary question to ask for two reasons. One, I'm fairly introverted, so the thought of being near that many people scares me quite a bit. But the other part of it, I, I think, is, is more significant. In the times that I struggle to think of who are those around me, in the times that I have difficulty recalling names of those who I rely on, who can prop me up in the difficult times, well, that is when I start to go down the well-worn path of despair and isolation and hurt. And so when I ask this question, do, we, do I have a list, do we have a list of people like that, the, that surround us, that help us in times of difficulty to give us encouragement, to, to help support us? My question is not to bring shame. That, that's not it at all. But to help make us aware of the simple truth that we need people. If you were able to think of names, let's rejoice in that. Let's celebrate that you have that sort of community. But let's also remember this truth. We need people around us. 
we need to be connected to others. One of the people that were close uh, that was close to Paul, one of the people that he relied on that helped prop him up was this, was this man named Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. He was someone who gets specifically mentioned in this passage as offering encouragement to Paul in times of difficulty. Let me pick up our passage where, where uh, Corinne read for us uh, earlier. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says this. It says, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, uh, among whom were Phygelus and Hermogenes. So Paul starts this conversation about the impact that uh, Onesiphorus had on him by first thinking of, well, who turned away? The, these people are mentioned by name. Paul was close to them before, and now they have abandoned him. Beyond that, he uses the language, all who were in Asia turned away from me. And don't we use similar language when we're going through difficulty? We, we use words like everyone, all, no one, or none. Everybody hates me. No one is, is supporting me. We use these sweeping words in times of pain. And, and by saying all who are in Asia, we see all the more his heart, his hurts, his pains that he's going through. And it just highlights all the more how significant Onesiphorus is for him. And it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it shows his heart and his hurt and his pain. And it's interesting that this is the context that we hear of this man, this friend of his. As you read through it, uh, you hit uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, the, the, just the verse before. It says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. He gives this encouragement to Timothy to press on, continue to endure and then uh, the verse after our passage, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We, ha we have these bookends. Endure. Press on. Be encouraged. But in between, we hear, All who are in Asia have abandoned me. How can we get back to encouragement? Well, Paul brings to mind this friend of his, Onesiphorus. And so as we are learning from the example of this friend, this man, what can we see? What does it look like to be part of a community? What does it look like to be a friend to someone? What does it look like to, to uh, have someone care for us in the way that Onesiphorus cared for Paul and to care for others in that way? As people who need that support, as people who will go through difficulties in this life, what does that community look like that gives us hope? and the ability to endure. What can we learn from this man, Onesiphorus? Well, look at Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. It says, May the Lord grant mercy on the household of Onesiphorus, for he has often refreshed me. We'll, we'll stop right there, because we, we pick up the first one there. We see the care that Onesiphorus provided for Paul. And here's what we learn. Community requires care care for one another. He uses this phrase, uh, how he refreshed me. And, and this word refresh, the little, the literal meaning is, is a cooling, is a, a reprieve from the effects of the heat. Today is just another day that's going to be in the 90s. It, it's part of the reason why we do lawn services just at 9 a.m. So it's only hot instead of unbearably hot. But 
as it's going to get warmer throughout the day, what do you have plans as a fine? Uh, uh, what do you have planned as a way to find refreshment, to escape the effects of the heat? Maybe you're going to jump in a pool or some other body of water. Maybe you're going to drink an iced beverage. Maybe you're going to eat a couple gallons of ice cream. I, I don't know what it is, but you might have some plans to find refreshment to escape from the effects of this heat. And that is what community offers, refreshment. The ability to withstand all that life throws at us, to go through the difficulties that are, that are in this world, to endure, to find refreshment. That is what community offers, what friendship offers, what coming together as fellow Christians offer. So who in your life is like lemonade to you? Who is someone who can offer you refreshment in the, the times that are difficulty, in the seasons of pain, in the, in the moments that you're just so tired and worn out and spent and exhausted? Who is someone that can provide you with refreshment to help meet the spiritual and physical needs of your life? And, and then the flip side of that, who are you like lemonade to in their life? How can you help meet the spiritual and physical needs of others that you come across? There's so much in this pain that, that saps us of energy. There's people that we encounter that, that seem to drain us. And so who in our lives can help counteract that? To provide for refreshment instead, to provide care for us, even in the most difficult of times. Who in our lives is like Onesiphorus is for Paul? We see community requires care. Let me finish out uh, verse 16. It says, may the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he refreshed me and he was not ashamed of my chains. We see here that community requires acceptance. There's that phrase, he was not ashamed of my chains, even though I was in jail, even though I was being treated this way, he was not ashamed to be seen with me, to interact with me, despite others who abandoned Paul because of those very chains. We see his acceptance of who Paul is. This is what we so crave when we come together with other people, to be accepted for who we are as a person, find safety and security in others, and to accept others who might be different from us as well. Uh, so often when we think about what does it look like to find community in a church, we start giving a list of things, and, and after a while it reveals that our list is, is actually just a mirror it's just showing us who we are. Well, I want to meet with a group of people who are uh, my same age group and my same marital status and my same family status. And they like at least 95% of the hobbies that I like and, and willing to embrace the other 5%. They don't need to like everyone, but they need to accept the other 5%. Uh, they also uh, need to be about as outgoing as I am and then to meet exactly when I want to meet. That group doesn't exist. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, no one fits that criteria. There's only one of you. There's not a dozen. The, the other part of it is there's no growth that could happen in a group like that. We are people who grow when things, are cha when things change, when things are different. We cannot grow in a static environment. And, and then the last part of it, when I think of who is the most critical, who is the most demanding, mo most uh, negative towards myself, well, that is myself. And do I really want to be in a group full of myselfs? 
when we try to find community, we, we so want it to look like a mirror, people who are exactly like us, but that isn't what happens. Instead, we are confronted with people who are different than us, people who we might never have dreamed about interacting with. And yet they're the very people that we need. And in these times, we accept people who are different than us. We, we, uh, we find uh, people who are different than us, and we respond to them with acceptance. We, ex- we accept them because people, God has made people so different than us, and yet we're so dependent on them. We accept them because we too want to be accepted, despite all of our quirks and all of our flaws. We accept them because that is, in this community, that's the only place that we might find encouragement and hope in the midst of a world that is so broken. Now, I, I'm not being flippant with this. I know how hard it is to, to want to be around people who, who could be so different than us. And, and we, we see that, that this, has been, this acceptance piece is hard for Onesiphorus as well. For him to ex- not be ashamed of Paul because of his chains might put him down the same road that Paul is on. Paul is a prisoner, a criminal. And for Onesiphorus to go and identify himself with Paul might mean that he too will share in his cell. Acceptance is hard, and yet it is what community requires, and we so require community. Last bit that we learned from this is that community requires labor. Let me finish out our passage. Verse 17. And when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant to him mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know well of all the service that he rendered in, at Ephesus. We have that phrase, he searched for me earnestly. It shows the labor that Onesiphorus put for this friend of his. And, and, and the phrase actually shows us two things. It shows us the quality and quantity of his work. The quality of it. So he searched diligently. He searched hard in order to find Paul. There's the quality piece. But the quantity, he searched persistently, act, uh, actively, and repeatedly to find Paul. Community requires labor that is both of high quality and of high quantity. That is what community requires. When we, when we said before of that ideal group of people that we want to get connected with, how it looks just like us, we're, we're attracted to that type of group because that group's easy. It doesn't require a lot of work. There's not going to be conflicts because we all like the same thing. It's not hard to find a time because it's all on my schedule. And when I just show up and I receive from people, like that, that's really easy to do, but, but that's not true community, and that's going to not exist for us. Instead, what we see is community is rarely found. It is built. Put that positive first. Community is built. It is rarely found. It takes effort and sacrifice and giving things up and and meeting people halfway and and going through hardships and there's conflicts and you want to do one thing and I want to do a different things and we're butting heads against each other and yet it takes the work to go through all of that to get to something beautiful, to find these friendships, to find this support group that's around us. Community is built. It is rarely found. Now, now, wait a second. I just said the purpose of community is to help us go through the difficulty. Why does there need to be difficulty in this tool, in this helpfulness? Well, here's the certainty that we have, is that our lives will continue to have hard moments. 
We'll go through pain. We'll go through trials. We'll go through times that we just want to give up. This, this is the encouragement for today, by the way. Uh, we'll go through all of this hurt that will happen. And yet, when we go through that in our groups, when we put in the work, when we, when we do the labor that it requires, well, it produces a stronger bond, a stronger connection that helps us to endure all that life will throw at us in the future. By putting in the work that comes with community, that enables us to have a community that actually helps and supports us and provides hope and encouragement. It takes a lot to get there, I know. It's hard. And there's mistakes that are made and toes that are stepped on and, and, and people that we offend. But as a pastor that I listened to said, community is messy, but so is eating ribs. Community takes time, but it improves the rest of our time. This doesn't happen overnight. You can't just put people in a room and expect friendships to come out of it. We all have coworkers that prove that this isn't true. It takes time to get to the beauty that comes on the other side of it. And yet, by going through that time, it does improve the rest of our time together. And the last bit that I have is, is a community doesn't require you to be the best, but it does require you. So often we feel that temptation, I have to have my best face on, I have to pretend like I have something to offer, when the reality is you have something to offer. There's so much that we can contribute just by showing up. Community requires labor. It isn't just something that happens. There's work that goes into it. And yet what we see through that is community is, is built. It's rarely found. Community is messy, but so is eating ribs. Community takes time, but it improves the rest of our time. And community doesn't require you to be the best, but it does require you. Paul is going through some tremendous difficulty in his life, abandoned by those closest to him, in jail, no one to turn to, feeling isolated and alone, and yet he can go from the despair of that moment to encouragement, to press on, to continue because of this man in his life, because of his friendships, because of the community that he's part of, because of this man, Onesiphorus. So I want us today to think through who in our life might be an Onesiphorus for us and who might we be an Onesiphorus for others. Because we too will go through those difficult moments. We too will have hard times and we rely on those communities. We, we can help others in those moments, but only by embracing this greatest of gifts that's given to us to do so, each other. This is why we do so much of what we do as a church. This is why we have our Connect and Serve Expo. It isn't just to make use of these tables because we, we got them, so we might as well use them. There are so many places within the church that we think can offer you refreshment and acceptance. For, for our kids, we have our, our kids' ministry. Normally meets during both of our Sunday services. We, we've taken the last two weeks off, but next week they are back at it. 9 a.m. and 10.30 as we are back inside. There's a place of acceptance and refreshment for our kids. 
for our students. We're, we're changing our, our formula that we've had for, for places to find that, but there are still are places for our, uh, our high school and middle schoolers to find acceptance and refreshment. Tuesday nights uh, will start for high school, Wednesday nights for middle school. There's a place for men in the church to find refreshment and acceptance. We, we have a group that meets Mondays from 6.30 to 8.30. We, we have a group that I'll be taking uh, Thursday mornings at uh, 6.30. Uh, both of us will be uh, studying for Samuel together as a place that we can bond and rely on each other and grow closer together. We have a place for women. That same time slot, Monday night, 6.30 to 8.30. Thursday morning, the women get to sleep in a little bit longer as, as they meet at 10 a.m. Both groups will be studying through Romans 8. We have life groups. These are different groups that meet at different places, different times, different age groups that are there that we, we offer a variety of to, to find a spot that you might fit to see where you might find refreshment and acceptance as well. Let alone all the, the community that could be built by serving alongside someone, by being arm in arm and doing the work that God has called us to here. Whether it's any of those ministry areas I've already said or our local outreach to reach this community around us, our global outreach to help reach the ends of the earth, our connection team for people who come to help them feel welcome and accepted here, our cafe, our worship arts team. There, there are so many places that we put out here, not just to fill people's time, but to provide you a place where you might find hope and encouragement and refreshment and acceptance. Because we all go through times of difficulty, and we all need these people in our life to rejoice in the times that are worth rejoicing in, to help support us in the time that we are so dependent on others. To be in onociferous for us, for us to be an onociferous for them. But none of these ministry areas are magical. Just because you sign up on a clipboard, I, I do encourage you to sign up on a clipboard, by the way, but just because you sign up on a clipboard doesn't mean that things are going to be fixed or that you now have friends. Each one of these are going to take the same thing. Care, acceptance, labor. That's what's going to be asked of you. But in each one of these, you will receive the same thing. Care, acceptance, and labor. We all need people. We need people in our life to rejoice with us and to mourn with us. And so often we, we don't find ourselves with the people that we, we would have ever dreamed about being next to. And yet here's the truth that we see. The, the greatest gift that we have from this living God who saves us, following the example of these heroes that are given to us in this, in this Bible, is we have the very people that we need. Let me pray for us. Father, we are so grateful for this truth that you have given us, that this life that you have called us to is not easy. That there's difficulty and pain and hardships and hurts, and yet you have not told us to just deal with it, to be fine, to pretend otherwise, but you give us the very means to endure, the ability to press on, to find encouragement through the people that you put in our lives. Let us be a people 
who find friendships and community, places of refreshment and acceptance, places that we can turn to in the good times and the bad. Let us turn to the people that you have put in our lives to help us to live this life that you've given us. Whether it's here at this church, any of the groups that are, that are here, or friendships that you have put in our lives along the way, let us remember that the, even the Apostle Paul needed people in his life to do what you have called him to. We should not expect to be exceptions of the same. We find these friendships, we turn to people because we see that the life that you have called us to is better than all others. Let us continue to follow after you, follow the examples of faith that you've given us so that we can know that you and you alone are truly God. It's to you that we pray, amen.